This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. If you're like me and suffer from insomnia, you know what? That's not fun. You know, I tried everything. I couldn't get a good night's sleep. And this is neither drug nor alcohol induced. That's right. It is my pillow. Mike Lindell invented it. And he fitted me for my first my pillow. And it's changed my life. I fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer. And the good news, you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com, promo code Sean, and take advantage of one of Mike Lindell's best offers, his special four-pack. You get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows to go anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow's made in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, no risk to you, and a 10-year warranty. You don't want to spend more sleepless nights on a pillow tossing and turning that's not working for you. Just go to MyPillow.com right now, use the promo code SEAN, and you get Mike Lindell's special four-pack. You get two MyPillow premium pillows, two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off, and you'll start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep you've been craving and deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Sean. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number as we come to you from our nation's capital. Yes, the swamp and the sewer, better known as Washington, D.C. We have the State of the Union tomorrow. Hannity live tonight and tomorrow from D.C. Tomorrow will be on after the president gives the State of the Union. That is not the big news today. The big news today is Andrew McCabe, the deputy FBI director, is out. Now, I know the New York Times is already trying to spin. Well, he was leaving in March anyway. And, well, he might have, you know, in fact, he's probably getting, you know, just some vacation. No, he's out. Out as in no access to any emails. Out as in uh, here's the door and everything is shut down that you once did have access to. There's a lot going on with this behind the scenes that is only now coming uh, to light. I'm not going to get too deep into it until I have all the facts available. But I will tell you that it is a lot deeper than what the media is reporting. And uh, more importantly, we have the House intelligence community. They are expected to vote this afternoon. They have a five o'clock meeting Eastern time and two o'clock on the West Coast. 
And we expect that they will vote to release the memo, which we have been demanding. All of you, thankfully, have been demanding be released. If the White House, in fact, signs off on it, we may have that as early as tonight, 9 o'clock, as we come to you uh, and bring Hannity to you on the Fox News channel. Um, There's a lot of evidence now beginning to emerge about why it is that he was pushed out. And uh, but I'm not going to speculate at this point. I'm just going to tell you what I know when I know it. I'm just following and working all my sources. And and we're going to know a lot more sooner than later. You know, everybody's been saying that, you know, he gets terminal leave here and meaning he's just leaving early. He was scheduled to leave in in March. Um, But that is not automatic in that federal position working for the FBI. So the media has been misleading everybody. Well, he's just going to take his vacation time. He would need approval. That approval would likely have or have to come from Christopher Ray, And it also has to be considered reasonable. So we'll know more about that by the time uh, the show unfolds today and tonight we'll have it on TV. You know, here is um, I want to play for you two cuts before we get going today, because I think it's very important. Now, one cut is all of the times prominent people in the intelligence community in the Senate in the House, just all these people saying over and over again, even Maxine Waters is part of this montage, that there's no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. And then I'm going to play for you, you know, we know for a year the corrupt, abusively biased, tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists in the mainstream media have run with a phony, false, fraudulent story in spite of We have all of these people saying there's no evidence, a lot of smoke, no fire, a lot of evidence, a lot of evidence. No, there is no evidence. And the media spent a year on this. And then I'm going to compare and contrast for you everything that we have covered that we do have evidence of that the media is desperately trying to ignore. It's like they have bought into a phony narrative. And even though there's no evidence of it, they cannot let it go. And they cannot look at the other side of it. And in the process, I'm going to argue to you today that they have missed the biggest story of their careers. This whole entire fiasco is now emerging into a story that makes Watergate look like stealing a a Milky Way or a Snickers bar from a candy store, meaning Watergate, a third rate break in trying to get op research and and steal information about an opposition candidate. This is nothing. But let's start with the montage of everybody saying all the conspiracy theories. They're going after the FBI. Let me be very clear. I love FBI people. You know who I talk to a lot about this whole fiasco with Comey and Strzok and Page? My FBI friends. You know what my FBI friends tell me? They're embarrassed. And I'm like, you should not be embarrassed. This isn't you. One bad cop doesn't make every cop a bad person. It's just the opposite. 99.9% are great. They protect and they serve. The same with the FBI. We have great intelligence officers that go out there every day, and they're doing the hard work of finding intelligence to keep every one of us safe. I thank them for their service every day. But if you get a bad intel person that weaponizes those powerful tools that we give them against the American people, then it's a problem. Then then we're all in jeopardy. Then our Constitution's in jeopardy. And that's what this really is all about. But the media has never been this wrong, ever. 
They've never colluded so much. They've never been literally the willing accomplices in a false narrative and story the way they have. And it's interesting that they're trying now to flip it. And they're trying, here we have facts, here we have evidence, here we have information, and I'll explain it in detail. And they, for a year, have pushed a story with no facts, no evidence. Let's listen to prominent people talk about there's no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. Just listen closely. Uh, But Mr. Clapper then went on to say that, to his knowledge, there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA, with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, any reflection of collusion between the members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that in our report. Was Mr. Clapper wrong when he said that? I think he's right uh, about characterizing the report, which you all have read. We did not include any evidence in our report, and I say our, that's NSA, FBI, and CIA with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in, in our report. Have you seen anything either intelligence briefings, through intelligence briefings, anything to back up any of the accusations that sure. you've made. They have the documentation that they did the hacking. The hacking. On the DNC. Right. And on some of us, you know, that had But the collusion, it. though. No, we have not. Do you have evidence that there was, in fact, collusion between Trump associates and Russia during the campaign? Not at this time. Have you seen anything that suggests any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign? Well, there's an awful lot of smoke there, let's put it that way. People that might have said they were involved, to what extent they were involved, to what extent the president might have known about these people or whatever. There's nothing there from that standpoint that we have seen directly linking uh, our president to any of that. Did evidence exist? of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian state actors at the time you learned of 2016 efforts. I don't know whether or not such collusion, that's your term, such collusion existed. I don't know. The big questions, of course, is, is there any evidence of collusion you have seen yet? Is there? There is a lot of smoke. We have no smoking gun at this point, but there is a lot of smoke. Diane Feinstein has said there's no evidence of collusion. So collusion between whom? Can you tell us that? I'm not prepared to say that there's proof you could take to a jury, but I can say that there is enough that we ought to be investigating. At the time you separated from service in January of 2017, had you seen any evidence that uh, Donald Trump or any member of his campaign colluded, conspired, or coordinated with the Russians or anyone else uh, to infiltrate or impact our uh, voter infrastructure? Um, Not beyond uh, what has been out there open source and not beyond anything that I'm sure this committee has already seen and heard before directly from the intelligence community. Now, take all of that in. It's been a year. Now, I I don't have time in this segment to play the montage that, oh, they're trying to disrupt and stop with the conspiracy theories. The 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 whole Mueller investigation. A year late. We have nothing. The conspiracy theorists are those on the left. CNN. Tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists all over MSNBC. 
The New York Times has gotten enough wrong. The Washington Post has gotten enough wrong. Now, here's what we do know. And this is the argument I've been making that's based in truth and in fact and with evidence. Well, we know Hillary Clinton put her email server in a mom and pop shop bathroom closet. We know that it is gross negligence when you mishandle classified documents. 18 U.S.C. 793, intentionally mishandling classified documents. 18 U.S.C. 793, D.E.F., knowingly removing classified documents with intent to retain. 18 U.S.C. 1924, thefts of government documents. Oh, deleting? 18 U.S.C. 641, concealing, removing, destroying government documents. 18 U.S.C. 2071B, obstruction of justice. U.S. Uh, 18 U.S.C. 1505, 1515B, making materially false statements to Congress. All of that happened. And she purposefully destroyed the subpoenaed documents, acid washed it with bleach bit, the hard drives, and from there, she broke up blackberries with, with, you know, hammers. So we knew she broke the law. Now, because of the text messages between the lovers, Peter Strzok, uh, Peter, um, Strzok and Lisa Page, well, they know, I, we know that they were exonerating Hillary, at least Strzok and Page were, before they ever investigated her, months before. And taking out the key words, gross negligence, and putting in extreme carelessness. And we also know that they had discovered in their original drafts put in that foreign intelligence services hacked into and got the classified information in Hillary's email server. These are all facts. And that struck and Page and Comey and it looks like McCabe and Loretta Lynch all knew the fix was in. We know that Hillary, according to according to information from Donna Brazil's book, rigs the primary. Put that aside for a minute. We know it took a year to find out it was Hillary's campaign and the DNC's money that she had control over that spent over $12 million buying phony, fake Russian propaganda, salacious lies about Donald Trump. Why to lie to the American people and try and influence them in an election? And then we know that that phony bought and paid for dossier became the foundation for the FISA warrant against an opposition candidate in an election year. This is all evidence we have. This is all now on the table. They've got nothing. We've got everything. We have evidence they don't. They've been proven liars with a political agenda. And literally, we're telling you the truth. They're conspiracy theorists of the highest level. They have been married to a phony narrative, and they can't let it go. They don't care about the truth. They don't care about justice. They don't care what's happening to the Constitution at all. Now, imagine if you flip the script and everything I mentioned that Hillary did just in this one case was Donald Trump. Rig a primary. Try and rig a general and influence the American people with paid-for lies. Imagine that you have exonerations of Donald Trump written before investigations. What would these same people be doing? They'd be going insane. And they would be literally out there with their pitchforks demanding, you know, that somebody get arrested and perp walked and handcuffed and mugshotted and put in jail for the rest of their lives. They're such phony hypocrites. 
All right, I got a lot more to get to regarding this and so much more. Now, the House Intel Committee meeting at five today. We've got Sarah Carter, we've got Jim Jordan, we've got Joe Concha, we've got Mark Meadows, we got Mike Huckabee today. All right, Sean Hannity Show, as we come to you, our nation's capital, the sewer, the swamp, State of the Union, and much more. Let me tell you what I'm hearing, first of all, from my inside sources, all right? FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe was forced to resign, just as the Intelligence Committee today is meeting at 5 o'clock, and they're expected to release on their end the, the memo that we have wanted that shows widespread FISA abuse. That, of course, will then go to the White House. We may have it by television time tonight. Now, McCabe apparently has been lashing out to his colleagues when he was told that he was being asked to resign. And the FBI director, we're told Christopher Wray, viewed the four-page memo according to uh, sources familiar with the discussions. I just got a heads up from Sarah Carter. She'll have a lot more coming up at the top of the next hour. Now, McCabe is, uh, remember, he was the one that Lisa Page and Peter Strzok were saying, oh, we need the insurance policy after they met with Andy. Andy, we always knew to be Andrew McCabe. So he's facing federal inquiries, conflicts of interest also. Remember, he was the guy whose wife was running for the Senate in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And Terry McAuliffe, the best friends of the Clintons, well, he, you know, raised $700,000 for a race you never raised $700,000 for. So you got that big conflict of interest. But anyway, so you got federal inquiries into the allegations against McCabe. And he had planned on leaving in March, but he was forced out earlier today. Now there's some question as to whether or not he gets his full retirement. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's not definitely always a slam dunk. But he has been a central figure in this phony Russia-Trump investigation from the get-go. And uh, is also part of the... Department of Justice Inspector General's ongoing review of Hillary Clinton. Now, here's what you have. I mean, it's, it's a very simple. Hillary Clinton breaks laws. Hillary Clinton is then exonerated by people that hate Trump and love her. You know, and that means that they allowed her to continue to stay in a political race that, that she should have probably not been in if had the rule of law been followed. And she gets caught trying to rig the primary. And then she gets caught. She's paying for phony Russian information for the general election. And that's used as a foundation to get a FISA warrant against an opposition candidate and an incoming president. There's much more to come. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. stops working for the good of the country. Sean Hannity with behind-the-scenes information on today's breaking news. Hannity is on right now. All right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? Hang on, I'm printing one thing out, which is so hard to do. Print. 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 Boom. All right. Got it done. Um, glad you're with us. Um, so Andrew McCabe is out. There's a lot of information. You know, th- we had heard that FBI officials under under Comey had remained under Director Ray James Baker and Jim Rabicki. They, they're also out 
um, which is something we've been we've been telling you. Um, so McCabe now resigns in in this particular case. We have a report that just is coming out now. This was uh, contrary to Newsweek's report today. Two additional FBI officials were not forced out this morning, along with McKay, but at least one of those officials was involved in the email investigation. And James uh, uh, Fox is reporting that Christopher Ray said last Tuesday that his chief of staff, James Rubicki, was leaving the bureau. Rubicki was involved in the drafting of the statement exonerating Hillary before even doing the investigation in that particular case. McCabe being out, though, is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Um, And I think there's going to be a lot that comes out of this. And I also think that it's I also think that this is just the first salvo in all of this. Let me just go through it. Hillary breaks laws. 18 USC Espionage Act, one law after another. I'm not even talking about the Clinton Foundation or Uranium One or the, the pay-to-play scam. I'm just talking specifically. Now, we also have the IG report. They've already handed over 1.2 million documents to Congress. We've yet to hear a thing on that. And now we're going to have later this afternoon, we're going to have the House Intel Committee voting, and I believe that they are going to release what is the memo that we have been hearing so much about. And I think the big big issue in all of this, you know, is McCabe is literally removed less than 24 hours, we're told. Catherine Herridge reporting from Fox News after the director, Director Ray, read the FISA memo for the first time. That's according to Fox. In other words, Andrew McCabe was ordered to walk the plank this morning, presumably by Christopher Ray. He'd be the guy to do it. It wasn't the White House. That was confirmed by Sarah Sanders earlier today that it wasn't the White House. They had nothing to do with this. But it's less than 24 hours after Ray read the House Intelligence Committee's bombshell. Now, we were told that Comey and that McCabe and Rosenstein are all mentioned. This was the one leak from the Daily Beast in that memo. So what they're going to say about you can't fire James Comey, but James Comey certainly might be investigated after all of this. As it relates to the terminal leave issue, there are, there are in McCabe's position some conditions that are associated with it. You don't automatically get terminal leave if you're leaving the FBI. That has to be approved. I would assume that would be approved by Christopher Ray, the FBI director. And then you have to have you know, some supervisor approving it. And the conditions or the cause for you know, not forgetting the terminal removal would have to be reasonable you know so cnn is reporting mccabe's departure was not in the plans as of friday that's even cnn reporting nice of them to finally catch up the big news is going to be the release of this memo now democrats have been trying as hard as they possibly can and they're willing accomplices in the media to discredit any way possible what is going to come out in this memo? I assume by now enough Democrats have gone over there and looked at it that they probably leaked to the liberal media. But I am told that whatever is in that memo is only the tip of the iceberg. Because then you're going to have all the corroborating evidence and data that at some point is going to be released too. At least that which doesn't have to be redacted. And then on top of that, I'm told there's so much more to come on the other side of it that this may be only 15% of it all. You got President Obama's former legal henchman, you know, Eric Holder out there squealing all over the, the, you know, all over today about the resignation of McCabe. 
He's reportedly one of the top three top Justice Department officials named in the FISA-Trump dossier memo. Anyway, Holder say FBI Deputy Director McCabe is and has been a dedicated public servant who has served his country well. Bogus attacks on the FBI and DOJ to distract attention from a legitimate criminal inquiry does long-term unnecessary damage to these foundations of our government. Well, he's got some questions to answer himself. I mean, this is the problem with the news media. Mr. Holder, for a year, we've heard Trump-Russia collusion. Trump, where's the evidence? I just played in the last segment that there is no evidence. None. Zero. Zip. And people like Dianne Feinstein and Senator Manchin and Clapper and Comey himself. Maxine Waters even said it. And that's a year after lies to the American people with no evidence. In this particular case, we have evidence that laws were broken by Hillary. We have text messages that show the fix was in with Comey, Stroke, Page, probably McCabe, and probably even Loretta Lynch is going to get dragged into this. Should have been dragged into it from the beginning when she had that tarmac meeting with Bill Clinton, which was beyond inappropriate. Just days before she makes her decision, well, I'll go along with whatever the FBI says. Well, that's after she lectured the FBI director at the time, Comey, Call it a matter. Don't call it an investigation. And then we still have to get into, okay, now we have the dossier issue. Why did Hillary Clinton pay for Russian lies to influence the American people? They are full of salacious lies. Yeah, Donald Trump at the Ritz in Moscow with two hookers peeing in his bed. On the surface of it, it was absurd from day one. And Glenn Simpson testifying before one of the committees saying, Well, we never checked any of the information out and then acknowledging in another committee, you know, that he was trying to coordinate the lies being spread through news media outlets in the country. Well, that's trying to steal an election. And then you're using the powerful weaponry of intelligence to spy on an opposition candidate based on the other candidates bought and paid for Russian lies. And yet everybody in the media supposedly all worked up about Trump-Russia collusion. You know, so we've had nothing but lies from the media, conspiracy theories from the media. We have evidence. We have the laws. We know what Hillary did with the email server. We know she deleted. We know she used bleach bit. We know that she had underlings using hammers to break devices. We know of the text messages with Struck and Page. We know that Comey and Struck changed the exoneration letter written months before they ever investigated the matter over and over again, all in Hillary's favor. We know that Hillary and her campaign and the money she controlled controlled through the DNC was funneled through a lawyer so that they could pay for the Russian lies. We know that that was used in part as a basis for a FISA warrant. We know under the pretext of looking at Carter Page, they were looking at everybody else. This is all indisputable, overwhelming evidence, incontrovertible evidence, Trump-Russia collusion. We have no evidence. We know the dossier was used, full of lies, used to get, you know, permission to lie on an opposition candidate. You're going to tell me Watergate's worse than this? Comey leaks. Comey gets, you know, leaks information that probably on the surface needs to be at least investigated, probably broke laws there. Then he gets his buddy Mueller on board. Then Mueller appoints the most liberal, 
the most abusively biased, corrupt team ever assembled as it relates to a special counsel investigation. Who would ever hire the failure who is Andrew Weissman? Andrew Weissman, who got tens of thousands of people, you know, losing their jobs in the Anderson accounting case, lost in a Supreme Court decision in that obstruction case, 9-0. We really hear of a lot of Supreme Court cases, 9-0. And then he sent Merrill executives to jail in the Enron investigation for a year for nothing. A year of their lives taken away, stolen from them, only to be overturned by the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. And then you've got the media. They have gone with all of these lies and all of these conspiracy theories without any evidence to back it up. And nor did they talk about the things that I've just explained that has all of this evidence. It's what they choose to cover and what they don't cover. And then they have the unmitigated gall to call anybody that has discovered truth conspiracy theorist. It's unbelievable. They're married to their phony narratives. They can't let it go. They're still clinging it clinging to it today like it's manna from heaven for them. We have evidence. They have none. And the left, the willing accomplices of, you know, the left and the media, them, they've all run with a narrative that is fake and phony and fraudulent. And they're so baked into this lying narrative that they literally have to ignore and slander anybody and anything that exposing them as the partisan hacks they are and the failures that they are. You know, you know, there's um, just focus on the laws, Hillary, bro. 18 USC. Let's start there. Let's look at the Espionage Act and work our way back. And then putting the fix in with Comey and Page and Strzok. We have real evidence here. Focus on the dossier, the lies in the dossier, the media running with the lies in the dossier. You know, it's 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 a lot to take in on the one hand. On the other hand, it's fairly easy. It's fairly easy. What else? You have a new book, McCabe initiated White House. This is in the Federalist. The FBI's top brass initiated conversations with White House officials quickly leaked to CNN. Shocking. And CNN wonders why they're in last place at like, you know, 25 percent of everybody else's audience. And that does well on cable because they suck. You know, one question I think you have to think about here, Democrats openly suggesting that President Trump obstructed justice by merely asking the White House counsel if Robert Mueller has conflicts and can be fired. He asked the question. Well, there are conflicts with Robert Mueller, and we've highlighted all of them. He applied for the FBI director's job. He had a conflict with Trump over at some golf club and and some other issues that that the president was rightly bringing up. Is there a conflict? But if uh, Trump's question is the new standard for obstruction, then maybe we ought to look at Barack Obama. Because in the spring of 2016, Obama publicly pronounced Hillary Clinton innocent of all charges. A month before the FBI began drafting their secret exoneration memo and before they did an investigation. Now, you got to believe that that proclamation by a sitting president, you know, how was that interpreted by the Justice Department and the FBI? Was it viewed as a signal at best? A direct order at worst to let Clinton off the hook. Remember, if Hillary at the time, the timeline is 2016 in the spring and heading into the early summer. And if she gets arrested and then the Democratic Party has a whole heap of problems on their hands about who their candidate's going to be. 
Obama at the time said, I continue to believe that Hillary Clinton has not jeopardized America's national security. That's not what James Comey was writing. And that's not what we found out to be true. Ninety nine point nine percent that foreign intelligence agencies got that information in the mom and pop bathroom closet server. Pretty unbelievable. Then we've got let's see here. New York Times is saying the House intelligence memo shows Rosenstein approved the bogus FISA application. Well, Rod Rosenstein, that would mean he has a conflict in all of this. Did he extend the phony FISA based on the dossier lies? That's a question I want an answer to sooner than later. Justice Department is being very slow in turning over more text between Strzok and Page. It's interesting. Rosenstein was begging, literally begging Paul Ryan you know, hours before the deadline not to turn the information that turned into the memo over to the House Intel Committee. Ryan held his ground, thank God. I'm also told Ray is begging also not to release the, the memo that they want to release today. They'll, they'll be voting on at 5 o'clock in the Intel Committee. And people are wondering why Donald Trump doesn't want to testify. Well, his lawyers are saying, hell no, are they, are they going to let him testify in any of this? Why should he? It was all predicated on a on a mountain of lies and, and misinformation. You know, it's really pathetic. It's really sad. We were the only people to vet Obama, only people to tell you, look at, imagine if the Farrakhan picture was out by, you know, we already had, you know, the weather underground peeps, you know, and then we had Reverend Wright, Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn, and Acorn, and Alinsky, and Frank Marshall Davis, now Farrakhan, a known Semite, anti-Semite, and, and racist. And they hid the picture from the American public. Then his, his track record, the only president never to reach 3% GDP growth. Doubles the nation's debt. 13 million more Americans on food stamps. 8 million more in poverty. Lowest labor participation rate. Nobody in the media told you that after eight years of Obama. They're not telling you either about Donald Trump. They didn't think he had a chance to win. We did. And they tried to destroy him every step of the way. Now they're trying to destroy him post winning the election. All right, we'll continue. We got Sarah Carter, Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan. A lot to get to in the next hour. And then Mike Huckabee is going to join us. All right, an hour, three minutes and 30 seconds from now. The I'm just giving you the exact time. The House Intel Committee will meet on the possibility and vote, hopefully, on releasing the memo. We have Andrew McCabe. He's out, Deputy FBI Director. We have a reaction from Congressman Jim Jordan, Congressman Mark Meadows, Sarah Carter, and Governor Mike Huckabee as we continue from our nation's capital. An amazing Hannity tonight at at 9 Eastern on Fox. Put it up. No, wrong button, James. Put it up. Up now? Hello. All right. Hello. 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 Had a little scare there for a sec. We're in our nation's capital, a hidden secret bunker near Mark Levin's bunker. But we uh, we're we're here. We're glad you're with us. All right. Big breaking news. An hour from now, less than an hour from now, the House Intel Committee they get together in the hopes that uh, we're hoping they release the memo. Um, if it is voted out of committee, the next step for that would be to go to the White House, and at that point. I've got to imagine the White House would be willing to, based on comments that they believe in transparency, let us, the American people, see it. That means we might have it by tonight. 
So that's some pretty good news. Um, but we have the uh, Andrew McCabe now has been let go. Sarah Carter has some important information about it. She joins us now, as well as Congressman Jim Jordan of the Freedom Caucus and the Freedom Caucus chairman, Mark Meadows, is with us. Hi, welcome uh, all of you to the program and uh, a big day. We have talked a lot, Sarah Carter, about about uh, Andrew McCabe. This does not surprise me at all, um, especially with the conflict in his wife, the seven hundred thousand uh, dollars for his wife's Senate campaign in, in Virginia. But more importantly, what role he might have played as revealed by the struck page memos. Yeah, no, not a surprise at all. And remember, in December, it was reported that Andrew McCabe would resign, Sean. So they, they had mentioned it in, in December. It came out as if he was just doing this resignation as part of what he had always wanted to do, and it was supposed to be in March. Now we know that uh, FBI Director Ray reviewed this classified four-page memo on Sunday, so just yesterday, and then this morning – McCabe resigned. So it wasn't a wait until March. It happened this morning directly after Ray reviewed the memo. And according to sources that I've spoken with, he was basically forced to resign and told to not come back in. Now, I've talked to a lot of my FBI connections and sources, and they told me that the issue of whether or not this is a terminal leave where he, he basically gets to get his full retirement has come into question. That would need to apparently be approved by a superior or supervisor, and I assume that would be Ray, and also it has to be under reasonable circumstances. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, and this is something that I'm looking into as well. I know that for terminal leave to be approved by Ray, and we don't know exactly how this is going to unfold. Uh, the FBI has not made a statement yet. Uh, they are expected to be making a statement. But what we know is that it, terminal leave, and according to people that I've spoken with in the government and the laws themselves, apply to the military. So unless somebody approves this type of terminal leave, I don't think it would apply to the FBI. Now, I'm not a legal expert, which is considered a civilian post. So there's going to be a lot of conflict there as to how this moves forward. We also don't know, Sean, what is in the four-page memo, other than what I do know is that McCabe is mentioned. There are other names mentioned in that memo, um, uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and others, Bruce Orr from the DOJ, uh, Peter Strzok, the FBI agent who's now in the middle of this um, controversy with his uh, FBI colleague and lover Lisa Page. So we don't know what steps are going to be taken from here. What we do know is that there's going to be a lot of talk, and there is a lot of talk right now in the Bureau, as to who will be replacing him. Right now there's um, talk that uh, right now acting as Bowditch has, re has replaced him as now acting deputy FBI director. So we'll see if what happens there and what the next steps are going to be actually for the FBI. What we, what we know for a fact is that FBI Director Christopher Wray was able to look at this FISA memo, this explosive and shocking document that our congressional members, a lot of them have already reviewed. And the very next day, McCabe, according to my sources, was forced out. That's what, what I've been hearing. Uh, Mark Meadows, uh, Jim Jordan, have you guys heard the same? Well, obviously, the reports, Sean, uh, are, do not come as a surprise to many of us who have followed this without commenting specifically on what's in the four-page memo. Uh, many of the questions that need to be answered, uh, many of the questions that Jim Jordan and I have had for many months, 
uh, all involve uh, Andy McCabe, you know, the, the infamous uh, insurance policy that was talked about in Andy's office. You know, there is no other Andy other than Andy McCabe uh, that actually could fit that particular billing. And so I, I could tell you that uh, this is a, a good day in that we're starting to have transparency once again so that Lady Justice will be blindfolded once again. But uh, no one's above the law, and, and this president uh, is all about transparency. I want to get the information out, whether it helps or hurts the president. It's time that we get it out. What I'm hearing is in about, well, 48 minutes from right now, the House Intel Committee, Jim Jordan, is uh, meeting, and it's expected that today they will vote it out of that committee, meaning to release the memo. The next step in that process is my understanding is it goes to the White House. I can't imagine any scenario where they would not allow it out. We may even have it by the time I go on the air on tonight on Fox at 9 here from, by the way, I'm, I'm where you all live in the sewer in the swamp of D.C. <laughs> Yeah, 5 o'clock today, they're scheduled to vote it out of committee. Uh, if, in fact, that happens, which I think it will, talking with, with – uh, I talked with a staff member there a little while ago. Uh, I think it will happen. But um, then it got then, – then the White House has five days to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I think it might take five seconds for the White House to give it a thumbs up and say, let the American people see. Let them see what took place at the top levels of the FBI. And as, as Congressman Meadows just pointed out, um, in this great country, you are not supposed to have – People in government put their finger on the scale and help one candidate over the other or go after one candidate. And not, that is not that is just not how it works in this great nation. So we want that information to get public so the American people can look at it and see what took place. Now, when we think about everything in light of this, for the last year, we've had nothing but lies and conspiracy theories. I played in the last hour a montage of, of Clapper and Comey and Feinstein and Manchin and even Maxine Waters and others all saying no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. But the media has gone with that narrative for a year with no evidence. Now, we can go to 18 U.S.C. and the federal code and, and the Espionage Act, and we know with Hillary Clinton, in fact, she broke numerous laws with the email server and and literally destroying, you know, deleting 33,000 emails, acid wash, bleach pit, breaking devices with hammers. So we know numerous laws were obviously broken. We know that that it seems from these text messages that Comey struck Page and probably Andrew McCabe and it looks like Loretta Lynch, based on what we heard last week, all knew that she was never going to be prosecuted. So we weren't going to have equal yep. justice under yep. the law. And then and then Hillary rig tries to rig the general election like the primary by paying for a phony Russian dossier. And it took us a year to find that out. And then that phony dossier is used as a foundation to spy on a, an opposition party candidate in an election year and then a president elect. Is there anything anything you hear me say here that's not true that we don't have evidence for? Jim, Sean, this is Jim. Sean, this is Jim. I, I would just say, look, we all suspected the fix was in on the Clinton investigation before the text messages. Now that we've reviewed the text messages, we know the fix was in on the Clinton investigation, which then leads you to the logical question. If the same people who ran the Clinton investigation, McCabe, Strzok, Page, if some of those same people are involved in the Trump-Russia investigation, might that cause you to step back and say, wait a minute, what's going on here, particularly in light of some of those text messages, which, which just don't show bias? But do we they have any animus towards towards President Trump? Well, no, they, they, said, they, they call him loathsome. They call right. him. They right. say F him. I mean, 
You can't get. I mean, but we've had a year of no evidence, Mark Meadows, none, zero. Well, there there is no collusion, Sean. You've been saying it. I've been saying it. And there is nothing to suggest that many of the things that you've reported are inaccurate. And so when when we look at that, if if indeed there is collusion, the collusion actually uh, could turn out to be our own uh, uh, government in colluding with the Hillary Clinton campaign to actually try to uh, change a narrative uh, for an election on November 8th. And so uh, the, the whole Russian collusion of this president is not supported by fact. And quite frankly, the deeper... But isn't we, it bigger? If an opposition party candidate is paying for Russian lies to influence the American people uh, during an election season, and then that is used to gain a FISA warrant against said candidate... Um, and then spy on an incoming president. I, I, is there anything I'm reporting here that you think is wrong? No, Sean, I so, think this is this is so important because we're looking at all of the facts here as they lay them out. We know that Peter Strzok was not only involved in the Hillary Clinton server investigation, but he was also involved in the Russia-Trump investigation. I mean, that's a fact. We know that. He was also part of interviewing General um, National Security Advisor, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. And all of those biases that we've seen in those texts and how they've come out, we also know, and this is something that you could have mentioned in when you were laying out all these facts, was Fusion GPS and their involvement with the Russians and how they worked alongside a lobby with the Russians against the Magnitsky Act law, because there's been so many pieces of this puzzle that have, we've had to unravel piece by piece, and so much of it make up this story. It gets lost in the weeds. What we know now are all of these facts are laid out. Now we know that McCabe has been removed. And now what I'm hearing from sources, remember, there's a lot of whistleblowers here. This isn't just about a memo that came that the Republicans came up with in the House Intelligence Committee that came from nowhere. There were a lot of whistleblowers that apparently spoke to members of the House Intelligence Committee's investigative team. There was a lot of documentation that was provided also by the DOJ, by the Department of Justice. And this is part of that review process. This is part of keeping everything in check. And now what we need to see is not only that memo so the American people can see what was going on, but the Inspector General's report, which is expected to come out, I'm hearing, sometime in March, maybe in February. But, but, but didn't the Inspector General, I'll ask Congressman Meadows this, didn't he hand over some 1.2 plus million documents as it relates to the, the email server investigation and how it was handled? Well, uh, that's the Inspector General Horowitz, yes, has indeed uh, helped and assisted with some of those documents going into the Intel Committee. Uh, it's yet to come before the committee that Jim and I are working on in terms of uh, our investigation in Judiciary and, and Oversight Committees. Uh, but he is, uh, Sarah's right, he's about to finish up his report. Typically, those reports uh, have, you know, some damning information and some that would be read the other way. It's the way that uh, it seems like Washington, D.C. works. But here's the interesting thing is this four-page memo, if it is released, is not just a political document. It's a document based on interviews and substantial facts that actually the Intel Committee has spent months accumulating. So it is, it is a, a representation of a lot of hard work and deep digging.
Do you think, Jim Jordan, we get this memo by tonight? And what do you think? I know that uh, the Democrats have been in a full court press to try and diminish and disparage yeah. this memo. But what is the average American going to think when they hear all this and discover this? It's gonna, it, it'll, it'll speak for itself and it will answer some questions that you've been talking about along, uh, for a number of, uh, number of weeks, number of months. Uh, by the, by the way, you know what the worst next. part for the media is? They're going to have to admit Hannity and Sarah Carter and, and <laughs> others were right. They're going to go nuts. <laughs> and we're actually talking, by the way, we're talking with uh, Horowitz tomorrow, Mark and I and, and a few others on the oversight. And just, we got well, a I'm in town. Horowitz can tomorrow. I come with you? Am I allowed to go? Well, I, I, I doubt they'll let you in the meeting, but we can uh, we can uh, see what uh, transpires there. So but that, that meaning is uh, I know there is. But a back to the memo. We're, we're supposed but, to be. At. But, but the release of the memo is going to mean what to the American people? Uh, it's, it's all about transparency. I think Mark Short said it well. The president believes in transparency, letting the American people see this information. And it will speak for itself. It will walk through what, what, what took place and some of the key players who were involved in this. Um, so, again, Mark and I can't talk about it. That's why we went out there so we can actually – you can read it for yourself. You can see, but then we can also comment on why it's so – remember what's involved. When you go to the FISA court, remember what's involved. It's a warrant to spy on Americans, and you have to take that very seriously. So th- th- that, that, that's been talked about. Again, I can't get any type of specifics on what may be in the memo, but that's what's involved in this whole process. When, when anyone right. goes to the FISA court and it's needed, last, sometimes but it's, la- it's about getting warrants to spy on people. You've got, you got to have probable cause. Isn't this just the tip of the iceberg? That's what I'm hearing too, Sarah. It's the tip of the iceberg, Sean. Uh, this is one wow. of many pieces of information that's been collected and investigated that will expose what's been going on. And as sources in the FBI and others in the intelligence community have shared with me, it's time to clean house, to tell the truth, to expose what's going on so that it can be fixed and all remedied. Right, I run. Because uh, all, th- all three of you will be on Hannity tonight. We may have the memo by 9 Eastern tonight. Um, we appreciate all three of you. Thank you. Governor Mike Huckabee coming up as we roll along. All right. Andrew McCabe out as deputy director of the FBI. And we have full and complete coverage. We're going to be joined by Mike Huckabee coming up at the bottom of the hour. We are here on our nation's capital. Um, we've got all of this tonight on Hannity. Now, the House Intel Committee is going to be meeting in 31 minutes from right now. What we don't know now is whether or not they're going to vote out the memo in this committee. If they do, I would assume it goes directly to the White House. And if it goes to the White House, uh, I think the indication is, from my sources, that it would likely be released to the public. That could all happen by tonight, by the time I get on the air, which would be unbelievable. All right, so we're going to get all that in. we got Mike Huckabee uh, coming up. We We just have a busy day today. Anyway... It keeps. It's good to be busy in our nation's capital. We also have Joe Concha on how sick and corrupt and abusively biased the news media is. We'll have time for your calls from our nation's capital as well. Write down our toll-free number. It comes uh, becomes the same no matter where we are. 800-941-SEAN. We'll continue. Well, one, we don't know what's in the memo. It's classified. I haven't seen it. But I think the president generally sides on the on the side of transparency. And so, yes, I think he believes that that should be put out. But on on the first question, I think that um, where we stand is that is that, again, there's been a significant investigation so far and no evidence of any sort of collusion. But when he hears things like the the text between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, does that? Sure. Cons- of course, that frustrates him. I think something else that he's continually mentioned is the fact that uh, 
McCabe's wife received $700,000 in political contributions from one of the Clinton's closest personal friends in Terry McAuliffe, and yet was leading the investigation into Hillary Clinton. So yes, I think he's concerned about several appearances of conflict of interest there. At the same time, he's gone down to the FBI Academy at Quantico and spoken to the agents and talked about how much he appreciates their work and their efforts. But yeah, I'm sure he's very concerned about some of the appearances of conflict of interest at the very top of the agency in the last administration. I think the president is more inclined for transparency in this investigation. And so uh, to the extent that, uh, that the House, I think, has advocated that it's public release, I think the president is receptive to that. I can tell you none of this decision was made by that of the White House. And any specifics, I would refer you to the FBI, who I believe will be making a statement later so today. You say that the White House was not involved in the decision, but clearly the president seemed to be involved in a public relations campaign against McCain. Oh, look, I, the president stands by his previous comments. But in terms of the uh, situation today, as I just said, we've seen the reports, just as all of you have. We don't have any specific comments. And I would refer you to the FBI for any specifics uh, on the things that are taking place today. Jill? Sir, so when you say that you've seen the reports, does that mean that the president was not informed by anyone at the FBI that this was happening? Has he had any conversation with any, anything there? Uh, no, he hasn't. Cecilia. Sir, can you say definitively that the president did not play a role in Andrew McCabe stepping down? Yes, I didn't say the president wasn't part of this decision-making process, and we would refer you to the FBI, where Christopher Wray serves as the director, which, as I said last week, and I'll repeat again today, the president has full confidence in him and has put uh, the decisions at the FBI in his hands. And did the president at any time convey that he wanted to fire Robert Mueller to anyone on the staff here? Uh, not that I'm aware of. All right, that was Sarah Sanders from earlier today at the White House press conference. Our news roundup information overload hour. Glad you are with us. We are in our nation's capital. We're in Washington, D.C. And, uh, well, before that, you heard from Congressman Mark Short, and the president will tend to side on, be on the side of transparency, breaking now as we speak. We know the House Intel Committee, we believe, will be taking a vote this hour on whether or not to release the four-page memo In fact, when that happens, assuming it happens, then that would then be sent to the White House. And that means any anywhere between now and the next five days, if the White House signs off on it, which I would believe they would, that in fact, that memo is going to be released. Joining us now is former presidential candidate himself, former Arkansas governor. Mike Huckabee is with us. Uh, Governor, good to uh, see you. I think this is the first of many people to begin falling here uh, based on the news that we know is true. What are your thoughts? Well, I think they need to get a very wide door for all that will probably be making an exit from the Justice Department and the FBI over the coming weeks and months. Even if some of this is true that has been reported, speculated on, uh, I heard Judge Napolitano say that all these text messages between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page They might just be joking with each other. Well, if if they were, okay, you know, thanks for the laughs. But the fact is, if they had that much time to text each other, neither of their jobs uh, are worth paying for because obviously they weren't doing much more than texting each other. But, Governor, I think the only the only thing that anybody suggested they might have been jesting or joking about had to do with the secret society, something Ron Johnson yeah. talked about last week. And but the that, insurance. But, yeah. that, but that does not negate their their comments calling the president loathsome, F him, and everything else in between, and nor does it exonerate them in their role. Look, Peter Strzok is in the heart and soul of all of this. You know, oh, yeah. Pete, 
Peter, Peter Strzok was rewriting the exoneration before they ever investigated Hillary on the email server scandal. He's the one that interviewed Hillary Clinton. He was in the room. He also interviewed Mike Flynn. And also, I think he he revealed in one of the text messages that they knew they would never hold Hillary Clinton accountable. But we know felonies were committed. Look, I, I want to make very clear. I don't believe that that's what was going on. I'm simply saying that that's the best defense they've been able to uh be provided. I think there's some dirty stuff going on. I think it's very evident that you had people at the highest levels of the Justice Department and FBI who frankly betrayed the sacred trust that the rank and file agents all over the country uphold to do their jobs with honor and with integrity. But these folks got to high levels. They let their own biases and political persuasions overcome a sense of justice and if the Department of Justice becomes a place where injustice is delivered, it's not just that the Trump presidency is being threatened. Our very republic is being threatened. And that's what I've continued to try to say to people. This is not small. If these things are indeed brought to service and it's proven that there was an attempt to soft soap Hillary Clinton's uh, many, many activities and to go after Donald Trump because they didn't like him or didn't like his policies, this is not Watergate. This makes Watergate look like a fraternity prank of a bunch of uh, freshmen. This goes to the very nature of destroying a constitutional government that relies on people who act with integrity and honor. Let me break this down very, very simply for people and and based on what we know. Now, it's interesting because I've, I've been watching the mainstream media attack anybody like myself who has we, we have broken a lot of news in the last year, Governor, all of you which have. is all of which has been proven to be true. Um, and yet they have broken no news. I can play Diane Feinstein and I can play even Maxine Waters and I can play Clapper and Comey and others saying there's no evidence of Trump Russia collusion. But the media has been telling that for us for a year and we have no evidence. But here's what we know. We know Hillary did, in fact, break the law, mishandling classified, top secret, special access program information. That's a felony. We know that she destroyed those emails. Even James Comey has acknowledged much as much. Um, destroying is, is, is a felony. We know when she was out there deleting and acid washing and bleach bidding and breaking up devices with hammers, that appears to be a pretty strong case of obstruction of justice. We know that Comey struck Page, and it looks like Loretta Lynch had no intention, based on these text messages, of ever following the rule of law. And they were exonerating before investigating. We know that Hillary did, according to Donna Brazil, she did rig the primary election. We know she tried to rig the general election with phony Russian propaganda that she bought and paid for. Uh, we know that the investigation into her email server, that too was rigged. Uh, we know that Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS was coordinating, according to reports uh, and his own testimony before a co congressional committee, that he was coordinating, pushing out the phony Russian lies. And, you know, and then this whole Comey leak getting Mueller and then the dossiers used as a basis for a FISA warrant. Now, this is the, every one of these things in and of itself are corrupt. Every one of these things is a threat to our constitutional order. And these are things that we know about, but you do have almost a blackout in the media. I mean, how do you interpret their response to what is some obvious hard-hitting evidence? 
Well, it's real simple. They hate Donald Trump more than they love uh, a sense of impartial justice, which is frightening. You know, the, the press whines every day that uh, the president doesn't treat them fairly and he doesn't have respect for the press and, and he's a threat to the press and a threat to the First Amendment. The threat to the First Amendment is the sloppy, reckless, irresponsible, and incredibly biased reporting that these folks put out that results in 90% of the coverage they have of this president being negative, 100% of the times when they make a so-called mistake, it's made against the president, which proves that's not just a random error. That's intentional. If you make mistakes, they're going to fall 50% one way, 50% the other way. When they fall 100% of the time against the president, Sean, those aren't just uh, accidents that uh, inadvertently happen. So uh, the press, uh, you know, I don't know if they can fully grasp, but the reason that they're held in such contempt, even by some liberals, but certainly by anybody who uh, has ever been a Trump supporter, is because we're not stupid. We, we watch what they do. We watch the imbalance. We see that, um, as my own daughter pointed out in a press uh, briefing last week, 393 minutes of negative coverage about Russia and the collusion, one or two minutes tops about the employment situation, the economy, the accomplishments of this president, cutting 22 regulations for everyone put up. Uh, I mean, if this were anybody but Donald Trump, there would be major headlines in every paper talking about what an incredible first year he has had. Well, they don't want to ever tell that truth. What if things were reversed? You know, I just rattled off a list of of instances involving Hillary Clinton and rigging and especially rigging an investigation into her by exonerating first. Um, Imagine if it was Trump and not Hillary. Oh, my gosh. Um, Let's be very serious. They would have him doing a perp walk across the White House lawn. Um, And and that's what, frankly, is so troubling to me. I don't want to believe that our government uh, at the highest levels in the judicial arm is willing to play as a politically weaponized organization uh, that, frankly, unlike the DNC, which is a politically weaponized agency, the RNC, a politically weaponized agency, but the only power they have is the power of private dollars in a just public marketplace. What we have at the Justice Department is the use of taxpayer dollars, public dollars, and these guys have badges, guns, and the ability to take away a person's freedom by locking them up for the rest of their lives. That's a very different thing, Sean. So when people say, well, partisanship always has a role, it can't have a role when we're talking about uh, our police agencies, the Justice Department, because at that point, when a political agenda gets in there, you're not just talking about taking away a person's ability to be elected because they had a better propaganda machine. You're talking about robbing them of their fundamental liberties and putting them in prison. Now, that ought to scare the daylights out of every American. We'll continue more with Governor Mike Huckabee on the other side of this, 800-941-SHAWN. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll take calls. We're in Washington, D.C., State of the Union tomorrow night. The House Intel Committee meeting as we speak. We expect they will vote out that memo, permission for that memo to be released. It'll be sent to the White House. If they agree, we could have it any hour. When it happens, we'll bring it to you on Hannity on the TV show or right here tomorrow. And as we continue with former presidential candidate, former governor of the great state of Arkansas, we have Governor Mike Huckabee with us. Governor, you know, I watch your poor daughter every day 
She's doing an amazing job. I think that might be one of the hardest jobs in the in the country. And I was trying to put myself in your position because I've known you for many, many years. And I'm thinking to myself, if that's my daughter, I'm ready to raise hell every day. <laughs> you know, I, I'm pretty relaxed about it because I have such confidence in her. She knows who she is, what she stands for. She's strong, tough. Uh, you know, even when people like Cher last week were uh, trying to shame her and uh, talk about that you know, she had no sense of fashion. I mean, I found that comical. I, I got, I've gotten to know your daughter, and she's a lovely, lovely woman. And she I'm is. watching her get attacked the way she is, and, and they're even questioning her ability to bake a pie for crying out loud. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> is, it, is that the point we've now come to, that the media yeah. is that hostile to even it, the— We have. That's exactly right, Sean. They are that hostile. And it's it's irrational. I mean, watch Joe and Mika in the morning. Not that you can, because oh, it's, it's, it's about you 30. can't. It's intolerable. I mean, it, it's it. You'd probably rather have a root canal without any anesthesia. But to see just how irrational, how completely unhinged the criticism of the president has become, I get it. There are people who don't like him. But let me try to put it in perspective. When people say, well, I wish the president wouldn't tweet some things, and he, he says some things that are harsh, and he's sometimes vulgar. Here's my statement, Sean. You've got a very sick little boy. He's in yep. the hospital, yep. and he's got a very serious illness. Two doctors are the ones you've got to choose. One is the sweetest, kindest guy. He comes in, hugs everybody in the room, gives the kid a teddy bear, cries. He's so very just empathetic. He's wonderful, but no patient he's ever had with that disease has lived. They've all died. The other doctor comes in. He's rough. He moves chairs around. He tells everybody to shut up. He wants to talk to the patient. He's gruff. He's not kind. He. I'll he, take uh, number two. A, I'll take the guy I'll that take works. Number two. That's I'll take number point. two. Give uh, me a doctor who that's saves competent. my kid's life. Well, we need to save the country's life. There's no doubt about it. But you and bet. you know what? Things are looking good. I mean, we're really doing much better, and it's looking only been a great. year. Yeah. All right, Governor Mike Huckabee, uh, we always appreciate your time, and uh, all the best to you. And and if I see your daughter while I'm here, I'll send your regards. Thanks for joining Please us. Please do. Tell her to call her right every now and then. Hey, you know, I'd like a pie, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to ask for one. Oh, uh, hey, they're terrific. You should ask her for one. I'm going to. I'm absolutely going to. <laughs> all right, when we come back, wide open telephones from our nation's capital. Breaking this hour, House uh, Intel Committee on the issue of releasing the memo. Hopefully sooner than later, it's in our hands. We'll continue. Conservative media are running with the story of text messages at the FBI as part of a conspiracy theory of sorts surrounding the existence of the so-called deep state. McGahn's a Republican. The Senate's Republican. The House is Republican. The administration's Republican. The Justice Department's Republican. How do you make a conspiracy theory? out of people in your own party. Uh, I've seen Trump's offenders go from one kind of theory to another theory. Sometimes straight-up conspiracy theories have been on the airwaves. Uh, and a lot of these are really a distraction from the, the core issue of the Russia probes. And it's based on a conspiracy theory that's not true, and so therefore... Oh, they're worried about conspiracy theories. <laughs> well, <laughs> this has been a bad week for Republicans to uh, talk about Democratic conspiracy theories, for sure, what with secret societies and whatnot. The unraveling of a conspiracy theory. Shot down that conspiracy theory and said there was no evidence to support the claim. You saw what we laid out there, the conspiracy theories, uh, and as they've been falling when presented with, with the inconvenience of facts, 
Why do you think Republicans keep leaning on these unproven conspiracy theories so prominently? They move forward as recklessly as possible, as recklessly as the conspiracy theorists on TV. Both parts of this conspiracy theory crumbled spectacularly, as they often do in the bright light of facts. Come on. Hashtag conspiracy theory. Continue. But first, we want to start with this week in Russiagate. It is as if there are no shoes on the Trump human centipede that are not about Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. This cloud about collusion with Russia will hang over him no matter where he stands. It certainly feels like we're in the opening stages of a devastating political chapter in American history. Evidence is mounting for the president's meddling in the Russia probe. Tom Friedman said the election hacking is at the caliber of a Pearl Harbor or a 9-11. Do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. Donald Trump now sits at the threshold of impeachment. I personally think it's over. I don't think there's anything that can be done that can stop this at this point. Cacophony, this gushing of lies, problems, questions, chaos that will stop this presidency in its tracks. All right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. And, you know, you can't even make this up. You really can't. And our news roundup and information overload hour, the uh, program continues. Joe Concha is with us from the Hill. And uh, Joe, uh, he monitors media. So for a year, Joe, I'm playing in the back end of that. Everybody from Clapper to Comey to Feinstein to Manchin to to even Maxine Waters, there is no evidence of Russia collusion, Trump-Russia collusion. It's been a year's worth of tinfoil hat conspiracy theories, a year's worth of lies, a year's worth of propaganda, a year's worth of misinformation. And conservatives have been giving a lot of facts out. You know, we we give out specific evidence that shows that James Comey, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page had a massive bias against the president and that they were at the heart of investigating. And I can't wait for the IG report to come out. The Clinton email server scandal. We know that they exonerated Hillary before they ever investigated Hillary. Then we know that Hillary paid. It took a long time to find out about a year that she and her campaign and the DNC, where Donna Brazil says she controlled all the money, they paid for the phony, salacious Russian dossier to influence the American people. And then we learned that that same dossier was used as a foundation to get a FISA warrant against a opposition party candidate in an election year and then used to spy on a president-elect on his team. So tell me where the conspiracy theories come in from the conservative side and how is it that they don't view their own failure the last year that they bought a narrative with no evidence? I was just listening to what everything you were saying very closely and just kind of checking it off of my head. Are you stretching anything there, Sean? And the answer is no. Uh, in terms of Comey, he admitted in sworn testimony that he leaked documents to a friend at Columbia University who then bought those documents to New York Times with the sole purpose of compelling a special counsel. And Comey runs around saying, well, the FBI isn't political. Well, we're just doing our jobs. Well, if you're trying to compel special counsels, that sounds like you're being political to me. Lisa uh, Page and uh, Peter Strzok, the texts are there for everybody to see. That's not something that you're speculating on. It's there in broad daylight, in, in bleach <laughs> white daylight, showing obvious uh, hostility uh, towards Donald Trump. And you can go down the list, as you just said. And let me quote one very specific poll from Bloomberg last year that says it all. And it said, people were asked, which of the following issues are important to you? 
health care, 35 percent. Okay, economy was up there, and obviously jobs was up there, and all the way down the list was Russia. Six percent most important issue, yet it received the majority of the coverage last year, at least on the broadcast networks, on the evening news, and obviously on the cable news uh, channels that you were just referencing in MSNBC and CNN overwhelmingly. So what are we talking about here? Sarah Huckabee Sanders said it today during the press briefing. He said, this is an issue that most Americans don't care about. The polls back that up, and yet... It keeps being repeated over and over, night after night, the repetition, because they feel it's good for business because they're feeding into a segment of the population that wants to believe what they're told, even if they know deep down in their hearts, deep down in places they don't want to talk about at parties, that it ain't true. You know what the amazing thing is? Did you ever meet anybody in your life that said, you know what, I have the worst doctor? I picked the worst doctor. Or anybody that would admit that, oh, um... That theirs isn't the best school that they send their kids to. They, everybody at least believes in their head that they pick that their doctor is the best or else they wouldn't go to them. Or the school they send their kids to is the best school because why else would you send your kid to any other school? It's the same thing here. It's like the media bought into a phony narrative. They, they never thought Trump could win. They never thought he could get nominated, never thought he could win, had an absolute meltdown. It was a it was a state collective state of depression the night that he won. And then they bought into a phony narrative about Trump Russia collusion. And well, without any evidence at all, they have continued to push it for a year. And I'm arguing, you know, by Hillary Clinton clearly violating many felonies by Hillary Clinton rigging a primary election, buying phony Russian propaganda to rig or influence a general election, that being the foundation, her bought and paid for dossier for a warrant against an opposition candidate, I'm arguing that they missed the biggest story of their life, and they're clinging, you know, to this phony story even today. And those that have exposed truth, they're trying to flip the script and say that somehow we're the conspiracy theorists, when, in fact, they've got tinfoil hats on every day as they report. That's the thing that bugs me, that, that the fact that the DNC and the Clinton campaign paid uh, a foreign agent to get opposition on Donald Trump that came from the Russians. I mean, that's, that's known. No one's disputing that. And that barely gets any coverage, because to your point, it always pivots back to Trump. I, I, I'm not going to go as far, though, to say that, well, Russian collusion is phony. I don't know. I'm willing to wait for Mueller. But to this point, he hasn't presented anything. So I'm not saying, hey, dismiss the Russian investigation. Let them play out. And, and I think at the end, you pre- you're not going to see, you, there's a good chance you might not see collusion, because it would have been leaked. Everything gets leaked at this point, right? So we haven't seen anything around that. But they'll, they'll, they'll pivot to something else. Else, they'll find something else, and then obviously our media has shown that they, they're very good at pivoting, right? I mean, we, we heard about the president having mental health issues and Joe Scarborough saying that he has early-onset dementia, and then when the doctor comes out, a doctor that served Obama and Bush, by the way, the White House physician comes out and says, yeah, he's in perfect physical health, not perfect, but excellent, uh, and much better than people expected, and he took a cognitive test that he scored a 30 out of 30. No one was willing to accept that. Instead, you had a press conference, or at least a press briefing, where you had reporters asking, well, did you ask about drug addiction? Hey, how could it possibly be physically fit when he eats McDonald's every day when that's not proven? No one knows that. Uh, so that's what happens. Even if Russian collusion turns out to be false, you would think, okay, well, the media is going to have egg on their faces and they're going to be contrite and apologize. No, no, no. They'll just pivot and find something else because they want to feed their audiences what they want to believe. And that ain't journalism. That ain't journalism, Sean. Well, journalism, I've said for a long time, is dead. I mean, you know, imagine uh, Alan Dershowitz commented on this that. You know, here we had a picture of Barack Obama. I think I was the only one to really do deep investigative 
reporting and vetting on Barack Obama's past. And then now there's a picture of him with, you know, a known racist and anti-Semite, Louis Farrakhan, that was buried. It was apparently at a Congressional Black Caucus event, according to the the person that took the video, the picture of this thing. Um, right. and, and a member of the Congressional Black Caucus said, you know, don't don't run that photo. And, and, and the photographer could have done whatever they wanted, but they listened and, and it was suppressed. Uh, Alan Dershowitz actually gave me a, a little bit of gruff on, on Twitter, and I, I respect uh, Professor Dershowitz. I've interviewed him before, uh, certainly uh, not, not going to doubt him. And, and he thought that I was saying, and let me review what I was saying, all I said was that Barack Obama was Teflon. And if William Ayers and, and uh, palling around with the best terrorist or sitting in the pews of Reverend White's, uh, Reverend Wright's, excuse me, pews for 20 years uh, didn't take away any votes from him, then then probably the picture would, with Farrakhan, was, it wasn't going to do that either, and, and Dershowitz thought I was saying that I was excusing anti-Semitism. Of course not. I'm just saying that, you know, in, in the eyes of Obama's supporters, he could do no wrong, and I doubt that photo, one group photo, was going to do anything to him. But yeah, that, that was disappointing that that was suppressed for 13 years, no question. But back to where we are today, the, the bottom line is, is that we know that Hillary committed crimes. We just know mishandling classified information, uh, destroying subpoenaed emails, uh, deleting them, uh, acid wash, bleach pit, breaking these devices with hammer. That would go to obstruction, um, destroying top secret, secret and, and top secret and uh, classified information and special access program information. All of that. And have you ever heard of anybody in the FBI or any law enforcement group that writes exoneration letters and notes before they ever investigate a case i've never heard of that right it was it, it was the fight was decided be, be before the final bell rang i mean that that that's obvious and we we still see a, a media and a, and a hollywood sean that this completely embraces hillary clinton if you watch the grammys last night here she is reading uh, excerpts from Michael Wolff's book. And Michael Wolff is truly the worst we have to offer from a media perspective. He's a ludicrous figure who admits that parts of his book are badly untrue. A guy who goes on Bill Maher's show on Friday and, and implies that Nikki Haley slept with the president to get the U.N. ambassadorship, even though she was the governor of South Carolina and a very popular one, and she's conducted herself with class, grace, and toughness at the U.N. And here you have at the Grammys last night, reading this guy's book, including Hillary Clinton, who is clearly missing a self-awareness gene because she keeps making a, a, a total fool of herself. Because remember, uh, there was a member of her campaign staff, a female, who complained about sexual harassment from another senior male member, and Hillary Clinton uh, fought to keep that guy on staff. Uh, her campaign advisor uh, said today on CNN that she wanted the guy fired, and Hillary Clinton blocked that request. And here she is at a, an award ceremony that's supposed to uh, talk about Time's Up and Me Too, and, and obviously she's been an enabler in terms of her own husband, and you're reading a book from a guy who smears Nikki Haley like that? I mean, she just does not get it, and Donald Donald Trump Jr., I think, said it best. People watch award shows like that, and they say, you know what, that's why this guy got elected, because Hollywood and Hillary Clinton, they just don't have a clue how they are seen by a majority of the people. Well, that do you think that's why they Washington were— Washington and L.A. Well, they, well, they downed, what, 24 percent last night? I mean, ratings-wise, that's a quarter of the audience they would normally have leaving. It's remarkable. I mean, you get a little downtick. I get it with cord cutting, but when you're down nearly a quarter of your audience and it's the lowest rated of all time, uh, that's the only way they're going to learn. Like, let's keep politics out of this and let's just let's just hear music. And that's what people want. They want escapism, just like they do with sports. And these award ceremonies you're going to see at the Academy Awards next month. I guarantee you, because Stephen Colbert's involved, and they, they don't care. They just want to play to one half of the country, and they, they just don't it's, care that the other half is going to say, "I'm not even going to bother watching. I'm not even going to watch and be offended. I'm just not going to watch altogether." Joe Conscious with us, eight hundred nine four. 
All right, as we continue, Joe Concha, media writer with The Hill, is uh, with us. Um, what do you make about the hostility? It's it's sort of like you've got my sh- I'll, I'll take my show and cable as an example. It is so different than what everybody else is doing in cable news, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the three big networks. We're number one in cable with numbers that nobody has ever, I mean, historic highs. We had higher numbers in 2017, Joe Concha, than we did in 2016. And 2016 team was one of the most watched presidential years ever. What do you attribute yeah. all of this to? And isn't it because people get a sense that they're being told the truth, information that the media won't give them? Don't they get the sense now that they're being lied to fairly regularly? Well, I think Roger Ellis had the, had the best line uh, when, when he first founded Fox, or at least he told Charles Krauthammer this one time. He says, you know, uh, I, I've tapped into my niche audience, and that's half the country. In other words, people were watching ABC, NBC, CBS, and those were the only options. And they said, I just don't really trust what I'm getting, or it seems like... Like they're they're uh, participating in the bias of omission, to your point, around talking about things that other people uh, or other news networks don't talk about. So I think that's one thing. But Fox, and, and just to be clear, everybody, I, I write for The Hill. I don't, I don't work for Fox, and I, I try to look at these things objectively. And I just find it remarkable. I've always compared Fox to Alabama football. They always seem to be playing for a national championship every year, even though they graduate players and things move on and change, and yet they're always there at the top. And it's just remarkable to me that in 2016, since then, three-quarters of your primetime lineup is gone. Greta, gone. Megan, gone. Bill O'Reilly, gone. You're the only one remaining. So by the, by the way, who would have ever, who, whoever would have thunk it? Hannity's the last man standing. I wouldn't have believed that in a million years. Well, I went to Vegas and actually bet you'd be the first one gone. And sure enough, yeah, I'm, I'm out uh, a few bucks. But... Um, <laughs> Joking, of course, but the point is that you would think that when you lose that kind of talent, right, and uh, any network would would need two or three years to rebuild, and Fox doesn't rebuild, they reload, they say, let's get Tucker Carlson from Fox and Friends Weekend, and they they put him in, and now he's doing gangbusters, Laura Ingram's there, Shannon Bream's doing a great job at 11 o'clock, and and Fox continues to dominate, MSNBC's doing quite well, and I don't criticize them as much, because at least they're kind of transparent about who they are, Uh, but CNN, boy, they're struggling, they can't even get to 900,000, a million views viewers in primetime, which are the resources they it's have, unbe- and it's unbelievable. years. It's remarkable. That's right, that remarkable the, to me. And, and that's an untold story. All right, Joe Concha, thank you. You're lucky you're not in the nation's capital, the swamp. I'll handle things here while you handle the fort back there. Uh, 800-941-SHAWN is our toll-free telephone number. Uh, but Mr. Clapper then went on to say that, to his knowledge, there was no evidence of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. We did not conclude any evidence in our report. And when I say our report, that is the NSA, FBI, and CIA, with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, any reflection of collusion between the members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that in our report. Was Mr. Clapper wrong when he said that? I think he's right uh, about characterizing the report, which you, you all have read. We did not include any evidence in our report, and I say our, that's NSA, FBI, and CIA with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in in our report. Have you seen anything either intelligence briefings, through intelligence briefings, anything to back up any of the accusations that you've made. They have the documentation that they did the hacking. The hacking. On the DNC. Right. And on some of us, you know, that had... But the collusion, though. No, we have not. Do you have evidence that there was, in fact, collusion between Trump associates and Russia 
during the campaign. Not at this time. Have you seen anything that suggests any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign? Well, there's an awful lot of smoke there, let's put it that way. People that might have said they were involved, to what extent they were involved, to what extent the president might have known about these people or whatever. There's nothing there from that standpoint that we have seen directly linking uh, our president to any of that. Did evidence exist? of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian state actors at the time you learned of 2016 efforts. I don't know whether or not such collusion, that's your term, such collusion existed. I don't know. The big questions, of course, is, is there any evidence of collusion you have seen yet? Is there? There is a lot of smoke. We have a smoking gun at this point, but there is a lot of smoke. Diane Feinstein has said there's no evidence of collusion. So collusion between whom? Can you tell us that? I'm not prepared to say that there's proof you could take to a jury, but I can say that there is enough that we ought to be investigating. At the time you separated from service in January of 2017, had you seen any evidence that uh, Donald Trump or any member of his campaign colluded, conspired, or coordinated with the Russians or anyone else uh, to infiltrate or impact our uh, voter infrastructure? Um, not beyond uh, what has been out there open source and not beyond anything that I'm sure this committee has already seen and heard before directly from the intelligence community. All right, 24 now till the top of the hour. 800 941 Sean is our toll-free number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, it is so fascinating that your corrupt conspiracy news media in this country has the unmitigated gall to accuse others that have evidence, that have facts, that have truth, that have broken story after story after story, that now here we are a year later, and they're still peddling their false narratives, their lies, their misinformation, their propaganda. One of the problems they have now that, you know, we have no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. You know, and Mark Warner, well, we, we found something new, maybe, possibly. But what do we know? We do know certain facts. We know that Hillary broke the law. It's, in, it's, it's incontrovertible. The evidence is overwhelming on the issue. You can't mishandle classified, top secret, special access program information. You can't. You're not allowed to do it. You cannot destroy such information. You cannot lie about it either. You cannot delete, acid wash, bleach bit, break up devices with hammers the way she did. And then you're really not allowed to rig primary elections. Why there wasn't more outrage about that is I'll leave that for Democrats to fight amongst themselves. I think there's a lot more to that story eventually, but I don't want to get too distracted. Then when you have the head of the FBI taking directions not to call it an investigation into the email server scandal and, and call it a matter. And then you have the FBI director working with, you know, a, a known Trump hater, Hillary lover, Peter Strzok. And then you have his mistress advising legally Andrew McCabe, who stepped down today. And then you have Loretta Lynch in the loop and, and a text message exchange just before they ever even interviewed. Remember, the exoneration letters written months before they ever investigate or interview Hillary Clinton or 17 others. That's not the way law enforcement works. 
So these are all indisputable facts that we have on our side. And then when they're writing an exonerate, that's rigging an investigation. Then she buys a, a dossier that they denied paying for forever, wouldn't comment on forever. Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, bought and paid for phony Russian propaganda dossier full of lies. Well, what was the purpose of that? The purpose was to lie to the American people and win an election. Why not? It worked the last time in the primary election. And then to use that phony dossier bought and paid for as a means to spy on an opposition candidate in an election year and then to spy on an incoming president. Um, that, to me, is collusion on, on so many different levels. And I can tell you another thing, that Andrew McCabe, the deputy FBI director, being forced to step down today is only the tip of the iceberg. It's only the beginning. There's so much more to come. Maybe by the time we get on TV tonight, we might have the four-page memo. And I'm told it's so explosive on the one hand, and I'm all told on the other hand, it's only the tip of the spear, that there's a lot more coming. Anyway, let's get to our busy telephones here as we say hi. Jeff is in Pittsburgh, PA. Jeff, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Welcome to the swamp. Hey, Sean. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Hey, uh, I was told to get right to the point. So uh, basically, I think everybody's overthinking this with the uh, FBI. Uh, basically, I did I did organized crime for like 15 years. Um, th- these guys are nothing more than criminals, as, as it appears. The evidence is already done. The crime's already done. What they should do is just maybe pick in a deputy attorney general from somewhere like Miami that loves to put people in jail. Give him the information. Let him come up. Somebody in this group's going to flip on everybody else because they got too much at stake. Um, well, they, I, they I, 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 the, the, the problem is, is they left a paper trail. But in their minds, remember, Hillary was never going to lose the election. Hillary was never supposed to lose the election. And, you know, the, look, let's just stay on one issue at a time here. The fact that she cheated Bernie, we'll put that aside. The fact that Comey, Page and Strzok have all this evidence and they didn't follow the rule of law. The fix is in. We don't have a justice system at that point. I've always been saying we need equal justice under the law. Uh, All laws must be applied equally. Um, We have a constitution, which is the foundation for our rule of law. And it's all being shredded because they thought one candidate was better than another. And they knew better. They knew best because it would have sent the entire Democratic Party process into a into turmoil if, in fact, they did their job and followed the law. You know, it, it, listen, you're not allowed to have, you know, that that's the whole reason we have laws that you that that prevent people from putting confidential, top secret, special access program information, you know, on servers in a mom and pop shop bathroom closet because we know it was hacked. And that was even in the original version that that struck and Comey had put out there together, just like gross negligence. The legal standard was met in that. You know, think of all this. Think of all the evidence we're presenting that makes our case. And the media has nothing, still nothing on Trump-Russia collusion. And then to use that phony bought and paid for dossier, not only to lie to the American people, but then lie to a court and get a warrant to surveil an opposition candidate in an election year. And then a president-elect and his entire team. I mean, this is not Watergate here. This is an abuse of power at a level this country's never seen before law breaking at a level we've never seen before.
the dangers are transparent and obvious. If the weaponry of intelligence is going to be turned on a on bought and paid for lies against opposition candidates in election years, I don't care if you're a liberal conservative, Republican, Democrat, libertarian, it doesn't matter. You're going to lose your country if these types of abuses continue. You know, and I've had more than a few people say, well, Hannity, they're monitoring you, I'm sure. I'm like, okay, uh, maybe some people are happy. And after all, I went through with Twitter this weekend, which I really can't talk a lot about for reasons hopefully one day I will be able to tell you. But, you know, the idea that 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 could happen in America should scare the living hell out of anybody. Anyway, thank you, Jeff. Back to our phones. Myrtle Beach in beautiful South Carolina. Lou is next. Hey, Lou, how are you? I'm doing great. You guys are great. Uh, Hey, getting to the point. We got uh, too much is corruption. Us the deplorables. We're just getting sick and tired of this. It's like a long, long soap opera. It's just unbelievable. And I mean, I'm glad McKay dropped down and Strove went to HR. But I'm, su- I'm surprised he should be fired. But uh, I mean, that's well, all. Well, I want to. Well, why is Peter Struck? Say. Why is Peter Struck and Lisa Page still have a job today? And we really yeah, need to I know. It's crazy. I, I, I could tell you right now that, and, and listen, rank-and-file FBI guys are telling me, and let me tell you, they all feel horrible about this. You know, they, they have great pride in the work that they do. They have pride in, in, in the Bureau. They have, you know, they, 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 their reputations, they feel, are in tatters because of the actions of a few, and I would urge people do not feel that way. Same with the intelligence community. We have people abusing the powerful weaponry of intelligence you know, I, I, you can't blame all intelligence people. You have one bad cop. You can't blame every police officer. You have one bad doctor. You can't blame every doctor. One bad talk show host. Well, actually, 99% suck, but, I mean, that's a, a different story. There are a few of us out here. Um, but, you know, but you get my point. I mean, I'm not, I still have great respect for the FBI. I don't have respect for these people or the people. I have respect for the intelligence community. Thank God they're there. And they're doing the hard work of, of finding information to save American lives every day. I'm not trashing all oh, yeah. of them. You know, and that's been another yep. false narrative by the media. Oh, conservatives are beating up. Well, we're the ones that defend the police and give them the benefit of the doubt. And they won't even criticize a lot of them. Black Lives Matter. You know, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? So a lot of hypocrisy. Oh, they're, trying, they're trying to protect themselves. That's what they're doing. Yeah, thanks, Lou. Appreciate it, my friend. God bless you. Uh, Snellville, Georgia. Carrie is next on the Sean Hannity Show. Carrie, how are you? Welcome to our nation's capital. I am great. How are you doing today? I'm really good. What's happening? Good. Um, I, I just wanted to call and tell you that I wanted to thank you. I watch your show every night, and if it wasn't for you and the reporters on your show, you know, none of this would have came out. Of course, the left-wing media doesn't talk about it and whatnot. And even though people say that you kill cats with your voice, I still love you. I'm a dog person. No, anyway. no, 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 not my own voice. Every time I open my mouth, I kill a kitten. <laughs> that's right. See, but I'm a dog person, so that's okay. No. <laughs> but By the I way, love more. You. Th- yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, I'm 35. I just got into politics, kind of when Trump started running, and I watch you every night. And Thank you. I called my congressman, you know, to release the memos and whatnot. And I'm praying tonight. I'm excited to watch your show tonight. And I'm hoping that you get it and get to talk about it. I'm hoping they release the memo by airtime. It'll, it's going to be explosive. 
It is. And you are wonderful. And I absolutely thank you very much. Uh, listen, thank you. But you know what? I, I, I've got a lot of deputies here. We're all working together. I always say that we're spokes in a wheel. You know, and I know I, I, maybe in the sense that I'm pounding the living daylights out of this and, and we're trying every day to unpeel the, the layers of the onion. But I've got to tell you, it's a lot of people doing a lot of digging and a lot of work. And we're doing a lot of our own reporting, too. I'm trying to corroborate every single thing I report. The other night when the New York Times comes out with their anonymous sources and I refuse to go with it, you know, people in the media, they, they had a great old time pounding on me. I'm like, I don't trust the New York Times. They suck. And they get it wrong so often. Right, that's going to wrap things up for today from our nation's capital. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Uh, we don't know if the memo will be released by 9 Eastern. If it is, we will bring it to you. We got Judge Pirro. We got Sebastian Gorka. We have Sarah Carter, Kellyanne Conway, Britt Hume, Sean Spicer, Ari Fleischer, Ed Henry. In other words, the best TV lineup you could ever find. And that's all happening. Yeah, I, somebody's got to suck it up. I've got to be here for the State of the Union and our coverage. But we'll have it all tonight, usual time, 9 Eastern, set your DVR. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight at 9 and back here tomorrow. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.